0: Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on? Podcast Nation is Jason Harris here. Thank you for joining me on a very special episode of the Drive Las Vegas edition. I have a very special guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh so famous Mr. Pete Peterson in the house. Thanks for joining today. Appreciate well, you having
1: me. How you doing? All the way in from uh, New Jersey today, actually. Usually <laughs> I'm in Jersey. Sarasota, but uh, I was up in up in New Jersey for a little bit, so flew out here today. Thank God not Southwest because they're grounded. <laughs>
0: oh, are they, I need. Yeah, really? Union, what happened? Union. Oh, I gosh. guess Union shut them down on the ground. So that's some it's crazy. Well, hey, I like to kick off every one of these podcasts with a little origin story because I'm always so fascinated to find out how people got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. So what is the origin story of Pete?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was not looking to get an automotive, I can tell you that. Um, so my business partner is Jesse Biter. You may have heard of HomeNet. Sold yeah. to Trader in 2010. So he's my business partner in Deals United. And uh, another guy named Matt Buchanan, his dad, um, owned about 23 dealerships in Florida, one of the largest franchise dealers in, um, in Florida back in the day, in the 90s. But he went to Congress. And uh, so he, uh, he, he sold the dealerships and his son took over a few of them. They kind of recruited me. I was with HP prior to this, and I was building uh, web properties, e-commerce, driving a lot of digital marketing for uh, the global side of HP. Yeah. And uh, just had to be friends with them. And they said, "You got to <laughs> check out automotive. It's ripe for disruption right now. There's a lot of change going on." And we were really big at education in yeah. our last company, right? And so, obviously, there was a shift from traditional media to digital media. Yeah. I thought it'd be a great time to jump in. I thought I could add expertise, and and here we are. So. <laughs> here you
0: are. You know, it's funny, I find a lot of people either kind of, either they're born into the business, they stumble their way into the business, or they get slightly conned into it. (laughs) Sounds like you might be a combination of uh, a little bit of both there. Yeah, I'm actually (laughs) really
1: grateful because, you know, you look at this auto industry and it's very frightening because it's a big industry, right? But it's such a tiny industry from a community standpoint. We have a great community. The dealers uh, come out, support the vendors. The vendors, I think, do a really good job in a lot of cases going out and trying to build products that are meaningful. You have mm-hmm. someone, some that are out there that are obviously just trying to make a buck, uh, like any industry, but realistically, they phase themselves out really quick. And That's we've true. been really lucky. Uh, I've been really lucky to be chosen to come into this industry, because it's been a lot of fun over the past seven years that I've been here.
0: Well, I, there are a handful of topics we're gonna kind of jam about today the first one I thought was was a cool one. I, I really like this topic you chose. You know, social advertising going, going beyond, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Because I, I think as an industry, when you talk to a dealer principal or a manager and you use the word social advertising, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You mean those Facebook uh, carousel ads? I do yep. those. I do those. Yeah. They check off that proverbial box. Yep. But I'd love to kind of like get your kind of thoughts on what do you think social advertising is beyond just Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, I think 2022
1: is going to be all about it, quite frankly, because we now have this opportunity to reach out locally on many mediums. And you're seeing this shift. Um, You know, Facebook has captured tons of eyeballs really, really quick, and they Mm -hmm. still maintain and they're the dominant one, right? They get the most amount of logins every day, the most amount of time still spent. Too fast. (laughs) Too fast. no, That's, we uh, haven't tried we it. We haven't tried it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Have a good one. So at the end of the day, you know, really this year we have things like TikTok that has over 110 million consumers in the U.S. logging in every single day, over an hour a day. And they're really taking on, you know, people think they're trying to take on... Um, Facebook—they're really trying to take on Netflix and HBO, and they're trying to become the next video platform that people consume. I love that you actually say that
0: because so many people don't see that coming. That's it, and it is—it's so obvious that's the direction they're heading. in.
1: Yeah, and then you've got Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat has—if you look at their stock this past year—has just gone gone skyrocketing. Uh, During the pandemic, tons of people shifted their conversations onto Snapchat. So you see eyeballs shifting where they're spending time on a daily basis. And then you've got Pinterest, which has been a really big uh, uh, part for moms in in the past. But you're seeing a lot more sharing going on there. And I yeah. know my wife constantly is sending me stuff. Their work, their auto team is working on some amazing things. I think in 2022, you're going to see some really cool things come out from all three of those platforms. And then obviously you have Twitter and LinkedIn that most people kind of rule out as well. But this is where consumers' eyeballs are and where consumers' yes. eyeballs are. I don't care if they're there to work, right, on, on LinkedIn. They're still thinking about their car purchase, no matter if they're at work or they're at home. So wherever they are and they're reachable, we want to take that opportunity to try to have conversations. And our big thing that we try to focus on, is it local? Can we proactively reach out to a local market that's around
0: my dealership? Yeah, and I think a lot of people kind of struggle with the local yeah, side of it, right? I it. think and that's lo- what social gives you. Well, but when they think of social, they think of this, this monster, this international or national yeah. monster, and they don't realize how localized you go. And I love the fact that you brought up the, you know, the, the, the little brothers and sisters right? Because I don't actually think they're that little. I I no. think they've, they've been able to kind of stand back a little bit, watch what the big brother and big sister has done and the mistakes that they've made. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I, I was an early adopter to LinkedIn, you know, advertising and, and how fast they've evolved their product. Yep. It, it's impressive. So no, there's going to be a uh, lot of changes. There's there. a lot
1: of change coming and a lot of great product being built out there for businesses, small businesses specifically, and brick and mortar, which you know, dealerships fall right into that, which is great.
0: Now, that, there's a lot. So I think that's, I think sometimes that's where it gets overwhelming, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and especially for dealerships, uh, management and owners, there's just like, I mean, how many of these bloody things do I have to do? Um, you know, I'm like, I'm already doing Facebook and Instagram. How many more do I have to add yep. to it? But if you were to pick one or two that you say dealerships should be having conversations about right now um, or engage in right now, What would you pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Facebook and Instagram, I think you need to look at right-sizing that, making sure you're taking advantage there, because that's where people are spending time, and quite frankly, their algorithm beats everybody still. It it knows how to engage users, and it knows how to drive outcomes, and it knows how to measure all the way down to the sale, right? They're the only ones that really can go end-to-end, full-stack as a whole. So I always say start there and make sure you're right-sized. But if you're looking to dip in your toe in, I like Snapchat right now, um, mm-hmm. they're really rounding out their portfolio. They have a lot of the same things that, that Facebook has. They, they're they kind of like the assimile to them, right? They have yeah. the same thing as custom audiences, local targeting. They can do offline attribution, which is really nice. Um, but the user base is around 100 million in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say pick pick the one that you go to or you see your wife on or your, your spouse on. Good point. Um, you know, if it's Pinterest, right. if, it's, if it's TikTok, if your kids are there and you're trying to hit a, a younger demographic. But go just understand this, it's not just about young kids because all social media platforms start with the young kids, right? Of course. Then the parents come on to monitor the young kids. Then grandma's gotta come on and everybody else starts filling in. Exactly. So what's happening is they've now had a chance to evolve and over a third of Americans are on those three platforms, or four platforms, which is crazy.
0: Well, and and I find right now with a lot of dealerships is that they're checking off proverbial boxes, all right? Yep and the proverbial Block says, right, I got this network done, I got this network done, I got this network done. They <laughs> check the box. Uh, they check the box, right? Yep. But that's not enough. I, I, th- I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you start talking about the audience. Yep. And I, I think dealerships really need to have that discussion with their team, their marketing department, their management, and understand like, who is our audience? Like really, Absolutely. who is our audience? And there are some CRMs that can actually give you some of this information. Absolutely. I'm surprised not as many as I would like to see. Yep. Um, but, but, but take a look at the audience and then reverse backwards to understand what does that audience actually care about in the first place, right? Absolutely.
1: The audience is critical. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want a free tool that's out there, we actually built um, and it's launching today. Really, really cool. It's called marketanalyzer.io. And it'll go in, you can plug your dealership address in there, and it'll go out to TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, yeah. and Facebook, and bring back a market data-driven report for you. And it's for agencies, it's for dealer principals, it's for anybody that wants to go out there. It's an absolutely free tool we've launched. Available uh, in so, Canada? Uh, we are working on Canada, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. uh, but <laughs> the US right now, because our pipes are, are mostly into, for sure, uh, into for the sure. US, but um, Canada is on the roadmap as a whole. And um, and it's it's great, because for us, we were struggling too, as an agency, trying to help our dealers, and you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you're forced to like put your finger in the air and say, well, just start with two grand, right? And everybody's exactly. Like, well, what is that? Why should I start there? And so it allows people to have better discussions without having to try to go into the ad platform and try to figure out ads manager and yes. everything else, uh, which there's a lot of great insight there. If you have that tool available as well.
0: And, and I have to say like a lot of the changes that Facebook has gone through, I'm actually excited for yep. because as a, being a content creator myself, it's it's not just enough now that we identify the audience and where they are spending their time, but now it's more important now than ever that the content that I'm putting out there is created for that audience. It's not enough just for me to take an inventory syndication and say, I'm done. <laughs>
1: that is super, super key that you said that because you've got to think native, right? Yes. You know, a Snapchat user is consuming different types of content than a TikTok user, even mm-hmm. though it's vertical, right? And it looks like, you know, there's dancing going on, or there's videos going on here. Each one of them has different toolkits and their consumers consume content in different ways. Some are short, short, you know, six seconds, 15 seconds. Others are long form, right? And so it's really important. That that is gonna be the key in 2022, is to really start understanding how to build your content and your narrative. And the types of, you know, square, vertical, how to distribute that content in different ways. Yeah. And there isn't, you know, the same stroke for every folk. Now, if you just want to get started, the best thing is try to syndicate, you know, what you have, right? But but don't be lazy and don't just take your TV commercial and slap it on to well, all see, these different areas. Isn't it
0: funny that you, see, that you see dealers do this? Because, you know, actually, as an industry, all right, we're actually really good at catering our internal dealership yep. message to the customer that we're in front of. That's it. Right? I mean, look. I was trained that way. I was to <laughs> to look at them, was it, you know, was, it, was it a guy wearing a sports jacket, you know, do they have kids? You know, and, and I would cater the presentation right. of the of the vehicle to the audience that was in front of me. But for some odd reason, we go into marketing, the first message that a consumer will more than likely consume from my dealership ever, and I forget every single thing I've learned for the last 20 years inside <laughs> of a dealership, and I just throw them, throw them a car. Yeah. So for dealerships out there that maybe are listening to us and kind of shaking their heads, go, all right, guys, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. I'm getting what, you're, getting what you're putting down. What would you say some of the first steps are uh, to, you know, to identify social marketplaces outside of just Facebook and Instagram? And then what does that, that content roadmap kind of look like?
1: Yeah, well, I, I would say, you know, people want to know what you do, right? You're, yeah. you're a dealer, but they still don't know exactly what you do. And so they don't know about all these new model lines coming out. And you're the product expert. So, you know, the more you can build trust by putting your face out there. I always say with social media, you could become an Instagram expert overnight or an Instagram influencer in your local market, right? And they might not need you all the time, but if you're building content out there and your sales team is getting comfortable building content out there. You're gonna build a lot of trust. People are gonna know you. They're gonna trust you. Yep. And whether you realize it or not, they're choosing you online, and they're going, "Man, these guys are sharp. They they know what they're talking about, and I want to choose them." And then you can layer in all the great things as well that you do. But you know, the thing that that's great about social is you don't have to worry about tier one, tier two, and tier three. It's exactly. all available in tier in this in this social media strategy. You should be rolling lifestyle footage and that tier one would roll in your local market. You should be hitting out those offers and incentives. You should be hitting out your local inventory, but your why buys are important. And all those reasons to choose you, your service offering. Most people, obviously we're in a time uh, where we're short on inventory. So a lot of people are doing used buyback campaigns. You know, whatever your message is, you can change and you can have those conversations out there. When we were going through COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, where we opened, where we closed, you know, every, especially in Canada, we were dealing with providences that were down. We had local, you know, towns that were down. Change all. of the place. Changed everywhere. daily, weekly. Like and, was... and people just want the question answered. Are you open, yeah. right? Can I get my car serviced? And so you think that they're just gonna call, but people are having the same conversations. They're just ha- having them in different spots, whether it's through messenger or it's on your Facebook page or in a comment. And I'm shocked a lot of times when we just post out, like we're open today, we're open from eight to five and here's what our service hours are. You'll get comments on there every day. Hey, do you guys offer this or that? And yeah. you know, it's a great opportunity to
0: interact. Well, and I love the fact that you talked about multiple types of content. You know, it's like, I I would actually love to see the title marketing manager go away. And I would like to see replaced with content manager. Yeah. Because, you know, marketing managers, it's so easy just to take whatever the OEM's message is and then regurgitate it with your logo in the top left corner. Yeah. But that's socially not how we connect as people. That's it. Like, I I want to chew on something more than just the fact that you're a Toyota dealership. I get it. I get you're a Toyota dealership. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason why I'm probably looking at you. All right, but what else can I, I can consume? And I think this kind of goes into a little, little bit about the next topic that we have, which is going, to, going beyond just lead generation. I mean, to this point, you when know, we look at social marketing, it's how many leads? How many leads did I get? How many leads did I get? And only recently have I been into some OEM meetings where they're not asking the question about lead generation. They're asking questions about engagement. Yep. And I was like, that gets me excited. Yeah, But when you hear, you know, going beyond lead generation, what, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, again, we're with the ability to target locally, you can control your brand out there. And Coca-Cola yeah. didn't build their brand by saying, you know, go drink Coke at this local convenience store, 100%. right? Nike doesn't
0: even advertise shoes. You, know, actually, you never see a shoe on there. Like. That,
1: that's it. And so at the end of the day, you've got to look for other ways. You know, I know many dealers are very involved in their communities. They're big philanthropic donors and, you know, they, they get involved way beyond that. You know, I know... Um, Yeah, they're involved with their high schools, Little League, all these different areas. And, you know, you may take that for granted, but you would never you would never go out and make a press release and say, oh, we're we're sponsoring the Little League. But you can go show that your jerseys are on people, that your logos are out there and you could take some really easy film on your iPhone, get that content into an advertising agency or to your local internal content teams and have that get that out there and be able to buffer in a lot of the other you know, parts of what you do to connect it back, but you don't have to always say you have a car, right? People will get it just by showing you have the community. They understand if your name is Sarasota Ford, you you are in Sarasota and you're a Ford dealer, right? A lot of these OEMs have went to, you know, Honda of Pasadena and they don't allow you to have Jimmy's, you know, Honda anymore,
0: so. Which is a shame, I actually, I got a big beef with that one. It is, Um, it is,
1: but it also helps in a lot of areas to say that, to keep local on there, right? Um, so it's just, again, it's, it allows you to build your brand because you can be proactive. And that's what I would say is, you know, you don't, want someone, you don't want to wait for someone to go to Google and you to own that, try to own the, the search. That's the last point where, you know, you can steal someone, I call it. Um, you want to build your brand way before that. So when they come in and all these other people try to buy their
0: ad spots, they're not even considering them because they have no trust for them. You know? Exactly. Like building the brand is not what you sell. I think it's more about how you sell. Yeah, and it's and who you are. As why a, you yeah. sell it the way you sell it. Yep. Right? Like socially, people want to know the how and the why more than they know what the what, because what's usually pretty straightforward. Yeah. Absolutely. You
1: know? But you got to remember too, I mean, we have such a big opportunity, electrics coming right now. We have a whole yeah, new model line up coming right now. And so education is going to be super critical and that's yeah. part of branding, right? Education's yeah. a huge part of it. So I always recommend, you know, you have product specialists. You have these folks that you should be getting involved inside of your um, inside of your content strategy, and it doesn't have to fall on the general manager. Quite frankly, you yeah. should be having your sales reps out there. And if you can't trust them, the number one thing, I always get is, well, I don't think my guys are camera ready, or I don't think they speak well on uh, you know to the public. Well, then why are they selling cars for you, right? 100%. So either get rid of your staff and change it over, either train them to be that way, right? Or you'll be shocked actually, because these kids go out and they shoot content all day for themselves. Yeah. They probably do a really good job representing your dealership. And you could always moderate and make sure that you have final cut bef- you know, before it goes live. Um, but I'd encourage you, get your staff involved because you got a lot of hidden gems in there.
0: Well, people have a lot of fear around getting staff involved. Um, and it's fear that I find that normally gets people stopped yeah. from do it. And I think they have to understand that they have the dealership brand, but the dealership brand is made up of micro brands that work there, Yeah. right? You have uh, uh, Jimmy, who coaches uh, Little League, exactly. all right? You, you you have Susan, who is a, when she's not selling cars, she's a mommy blogger, yep. all right? And she talks about, you know, the, the do's and don'ts of how to buy strollers better. I don't know. I don't know what it is, right? But there's all these amazing people in there. And it's like, we have fear around putting assets and let's say money in general behind these individuals, but but those are the people that are selling cars. That's it. You know those are I, people are connecting with the customers. I think a lot of
1: dealers also fear too that they're going to take that those customers that they build up and go somewhere else with them, right? And that, and that that's horrible, that could happen. But you know what? You know you've got to invest in your people and you've got to invest in your team and you know culture and everything else and giving them a higher purpose and making sure they're working on things that make them passionate are, are going to be those things that really them invested into your brand and nowhere else and at the end of the day you know i just encourage you you know we've done it and we started with a seminar internally just called learn it live any friday mm-hmm. our internal staff can host a learn it live we just had a, a woman travel to mexico with her with her boyfriend for the last like month they've been working from wherever and they're doing all these different you know ways that you can travel and save it's money so and cool. do all of this all the way to you know um stats and blats about social advertising whatever someone wants to teach right they can go do that well, whatever their passion is right? and we're finding from there Probably 80% of them are camera ready. Like they need, to, so now we're promoting it. Right. to have
0: It's an i8. i8 electric. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Good downside drive. One of these things. We'll, we'll finish our conversation. Oh, that's all right. Um, but <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. Like when you, when you get someone to talk about their passion, instant become camera ready. That's it. Like, you know, I, I had this, uh, I had this GSM. who was like, I'm never getting in front of a camera. I got nothing to talk about. Like it's, this is what I do. I test deals. I, I sell cars. I sell cars, right? And I said, well, "Well, tell me what you like to do, man. I mean, obviously, you do have a life outside of this dealership. Maybe That's not right. a large one, but you have some life." Right? And you know what he admitted to me? I don't know. It's crazy because I would have never guessed it. He collects Air Jordans. Wow, I said, sneakerhead. I said, "It's a sneakerhead. I love it. You're a sneakerhead." I said, "Well, tell me about your favorite pair." He goes, "Dude, you can't ask a sneakerhead which one's their favorite <laughs> pair. That's a no-no in yeah. the industry. You don't That's do that, it. okay? Well, well, tell me about the most recent purchase you made, right?" Yeah. He went off for 20 minutes telling me this whole thing, how he hunt, hunted down these super rare, da, 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 I, don't know, I couldn't yeah, remember yeah. what it is, right? But he knew. But he knew. That's right. And, and you know what?
1: And you know how many Camber people ready. in the community are also
0: sneakerheads? That's right.
1: And they're into Bitcoin and they're into this and they're into <laughs> that. Again, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to mix up too much with like the personal side, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of the, that will pull them in. That'll be That's a right. topic, right? So that those edge topic wheels that will pull someone in and then guide them back to a car, right? So- at the end of the day, you know we have a uh, huge opportunity as an industry to go beyond what we think about in terms of marketing, where we have to have a model that goes 100%. on CV that does, you know, it's very well
0: spoken. Um, people are listening to people online. Hundred percent. I have, um, I've been on a trip for the last year or two in convincing dealerships to take portions of their marketing budget, which is awkward because it's coming to me. <laughs> All right, and reinvest back into. All right. They're salespeople's brands, right? So we have this one guy. Um, Tier he's four a marketing. GM. Yeah, exactly. He's a GM dealer. And his passion's GM. Just love GM. Dad drove a GM. Grandpa drove a GM. Everybody drives GM. All right. Really good in front of the camera. Loves doing this stuff. All right. Oh, well, I push him to start investing into his own YouTube channel. and the dealership pitched in for it, right? He now monetizes his YouTube channel and makes $5,500 a month. Wow. In addition to working... For this dealership, from his YouTube channel content he creates. Now, the content that he creates benefits the dealership in a big way, and he is so thankful to the dealership that they invested in him as an individual. There's no way you could ever pull him away from from that dealership. That's it. Unless his I don't know his YouTube account got so large. I don't know. um,
1: And yeah, what's nice about that too, you can also do, you know, pull that audience that's local. You don't have to, you know, if he's hitting a national audience, you can pull that local audience and share it out as a custom audience back to the main dealership page oh. and then be able to target people from there. So you already know they're interested in General Motors or whatever the fact is, and then bring them down funnel. So and he's a, local a lot ce- he's a local celebrity. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's yeah, just awesome. like,
0: everybody, everybody knows them. And that's, that's what awesome. you
1: want. You don't want to have next up happen at your dealership. The best way you can have a dealership is when people come in asking, I want to talk to Jim or Sally or Bob or whoever. Because they have a relationship and and it's not because they've built a relationship at the soccer field, it's oh. because they trust that person from watching their videos. So if they someone's connect an F1... to them
0: in a human level.
1: Yeah, I always say if if someone loves F-150s, right, and they go yeah. out there and they go mudding and they go to the, all these different spots, I and I want an F-150 and I'm into that lifestyle. I want to go buy from that guy yes. so that I can learn his favorite spots and go out and hang out and and, and be part of that community as well. Um, so you know, that's what we're buying. We're not just buying a vehicle; we're buying the experience along with it as well. well.
0: And that's where I think the dealerships, their brands, they can really capitalize on is the fact that they're they're um, in the community, right? And I think there's a difference between being in the community and a part of the community. That's it, right? And and they're just we don't spend enough time doing that. I have this I have this great dealer principal friend of mine who's rebuilding a Ford dealership, right? And he's sitting down with the architect and he's building awesome stuff and he. He's building out a community room in the dealership. He carved out square footage. That's awesome. All right. That will be allocated and used for uh, veterans group, uh, the mommy's clubs, that's the, great. the whatever. So they can have a space and they can, He's got a big screen TV. He's got board rooms. He's got all this. Just let them have it.
1: it's yeah, you know? really nice. Anytime you can create collisions, you know, at the dealership, good things happen, right? A service customer comes in, it <laughs> creates a collision with the dealership. <laughs> It allows you to have your brand in front of them, allows them to see different things that they've never seen. And with all the remodeling happening right now, I know many brands are having overhauls on their, not just the models, but the entire buildings, the facilities, all the new experiences that are being formed at these dealerships. Most people walk into a dealership today and go, I didn't realize that was a dealership. Yeah. So, you know, we've just got to, you know, we've got to invite more people back in um, and not lose to the quick service business like the Jiffy Loops of the world and well, the quick lanes it's, it's that are out there. It's more about
0: connecting Less about lead generation. That's it. Because, but the funny thing is, this is actually something we understand because we have this magical word in our industry called the referral. Yep. Right. So we do understand that when you connect with someone right, at, a, at a higher level, you're able to get referrals. That's it. Um, but, but we don't seem to. Which become what? Word of mouth. Yeah, exactly. Day, right? Everybody so... comes
1: in. That's, and that's the same thing. No next up. And word of mouth, if you can get back to all of that, and the way you do it is by continuously allowing people to share and get out there. And, you know, um, it's great to do lead generation, but, you know, no one wants to be annoyed by 15 dealers calling them back instantaneously on stuff. And, and you know, there's a, pro- we all follow processes, um, but we can make it very enjoyable for the customer too, allowing them to have those different touch points and, and allow them to connect with us along the way. And so
0: I got to be honest with you. Actually, I actually hate the fact that we call them leads. Yeah. All right, because I've been in the business long enough to remember, you know, the first dealer.com website I used, all right, actually called them inquiries. There wasn't, there was never no, the word leads were, were in no report and on no yep. dashboards. Yeah. They were called inquiries. Yep. And 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 legitimately that's that that's what it is. It's an inquiry with the opportunity to make that connection. That's it. But when we take a look at leads and instead of wanting to make a connection with them, we immediately just want to do a transaction with them, that's, and it, you can do that and you can do it successfully. There are a lot of people that do that, but it's one and done. You're over. That's it. People want to be helped too. I mean, everybody's
1: guard is up in automotive. That's one thing I've learned is, you know, what, what online has given the consumer is more information to play stump the operator, I call it. So yeah. they're trying to tell if you're trying to BS them, right? And they're going to use certain data to, to make sure that's there. It's okay to say, you know what? I don't have the answer to that. Let me get back to you. Right. And, and go from there. And. So to me, it's about slowing things down. We always talk about slowing the customer down a lot too, right? And and at the end of the day, we've got to slow ourselves down and, and go through the process and try to answer their questions and be there. It, it's not about just sweeping them into the dealership. If we provide value to them, we provide the education to them, they're going to come by.
0: From 100%. If the value is there, they're going to come. That's it. That's actually, it's actually not Cause it's, it. Because it builds trust. Crazy. It's really, they want,
1: they want something that trusts. Now, obviously we've got an inventory shortage and some people are choosing whoever's got inventory. That's a tough, that's a tough game to play. That is. Um, and people are driving right now hundreds of miles. But, but that's
0: on the inventory side. I mean, let's say there's an, always going to be an inventory buyer. Always, there's always going to be. be. There's always going to be an in inventory but, but I'm in the business to sell cars so I can service them. So I actually have no beef with the fact. it's like, okay, fine. Uh, everyone else is selling cars. But how am I... Are they going to come gonna back? back? How yep. do I get them to come in for service?
1: But here's the other thing. A lot of those cars that are sold out of market... Some defectors at the dealership because i call it tail between the legs syndrome right exactly the consumer probably put a bid in or an inquiry or a lead <laughs> into uh into that local dealer they didn't they didn't choose that dealer yeah. now they're scared to bring the the, the license the, the other license plate into that dealership right so they choose jiffy lube or costco or other areas right so we've got to make sure if we do lose that opportunity we just jump back in and invite them into our dealership and get them on the service so track to you're gonna as love possible.
0: this i got this dealer and I love when dealerships come to me with good ideas. Now, good ideas always scare me because if, if they're not deeply rooted into a global objective and processes are built around them, they never get executed. But you know, this time a dealer came to me with, with, with a good idea. And, and they're like, do you remember watching the movie um, um, Miracle on 34th Street? And I was like, Miracle on 34th Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was the Santa Claus movie, right? Yeah, yeah. He goes, well, do you remember that the, the toy store had this campaign Whereas, like, if they didn't have it, they'd help you find it, yep. even at a competitor. Yep. He's like, what do you think about us running that? That's I'm like, hell yeah. So they are. that's their entire campaign. If we don't have it, we will help you find that's it. That's it. All right. So that eliminates the, okay, fine. They might have to drive 400 miles away to get the vehicle. But who are they going to remember? 100% that's it. Who are they going to come back and service? Yeah, and, that's and then who are they going to come back and buy
1: the next car? Yeah, I've had that I've had that uh, frustration as a consumer where I've asked the dealer to help me source a vehicle and because it didn't benefit them in the immediately, exactly. they just were like we don't have it, we can't service you, you know, you have to go somewhere else. And that really set me off and I didn't want to go back to that dealership as a whole um, because of that, you know. And at the end of the day, they're product experts and they are sourcing experts and you know, dealers need to understand that the consumer doesn't have all that information. Yeah, they may be able to go on Car Gurus or an Endemic and find sure. a vehicle, but they don't know the entire process. And, and dealers swap, and they can source vehicles, and they can have them to, delivered, and they can yeah. still
0: deliver that last-mile service it, um, to that customer. So, Well, you would love this dealer principle. He's 72 years old, still oh, comes awesome. into the dealership, first one in the dealership every single morning, right? And oh, uh, he's got this saying that has just always stuck with me, and I love it so much, because we're in the business to service the customer, not the transaction. That's it. And I'm like, man, if I could just take you That's and duplicate you. Jeff Bezos, why is he so <laughs> successful?
1: Extreme right? focus on the customer. Service the customer, not it's, the transaction. It's always about the customer. And look at, our, look at lifetime value with, with Amazon. It's insane. So big believer in focusing on the customer.
0: So we have this other topic on here. Now, when, when, when you sent it to me and I was like, well, this one's interesting. I'm going to be, I'm super curious where Pete goes with this one is control the brand, control the customer. So you got to elaborate. I was like, out of all the topics I got sent, I was like, well, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, at the, I, I kind of look
1: at things and again, it goes back to lead generation. It plays right back in there. If all you're doing is putting inventory out in front of someone, yeah, how does that really expose your brand? Right? It doesn't. Good point. It's, it's just cars. It's, it, does, it looks the same way as an endemic, and the carousel ads look just like, you know, Carfax or CarGurus or anybody else. How do you start stepping out of that? And that's where the control of your brand comes in. And so, as a, as a dealer, especially a franchise dealer, this really plays into a franchise dealer. Yeah. You have an amazing set of assets developed by your OEM in your ad planner, okay? When we work with dealers, we try to download every single one of those because every vehicle has a conversation. You know, yeah. if you have 10 vehicles, you should always have 10 uh, evergreen campaigns running that are always talking and trying to attract people for all the different makes and models that you have. Mm-hmm. You have a used car store, you have a new car store, you have a buyback store, you have a service store. Again, because you're talking locally, you're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in ad spend to try to create this branding experience. But if you use those lifestyle campaigns and you go out there and you make sure that Ford assets, if you're a Ford dealer, are run in your local market, not just that it says, oh, well, my Ford rep told me we ran this national campaign. How do you know it hit your PMA, your AOR, your zip codes, your responsibility? And you can't build, when was the last time that your OEM gave you the pixel audience and said, oh, go retarget yeah, these exactly. people? They don't do that. They build up the brand. They hope that it comes to you. And so it, what I would always suggest is if Take all those assets, take everything you can that the OEM will give you. That's what you're paying for as a franchise. Load it up into these platforms. And then the pixel, based on how you set up um, your pixel... And send signals just like when someone walks onto the lot and they go right to the trucks you know that that's a truck contender most likely mm-hmm. and you can start having different conversations not hey do you want to buy a mustang right um, <laughs> so you can you can do these same digital signals that really help out making sure that you can control your brand to that customer and that will control the customer and your every day they log into their social media it shouldn't be the same you want to buy a car you want to buy a car you want to buy a car <laughs> it should be a lot of this educational tier one style stuff around What's the new tech package in the F-150? It's Here's the towing. Yes. And it's the story about each one of those, right? And so if you load up, I mean, most of these OEMs on, on a single model will have seven, eight different videos alone. Instagram ISOs, yep. Facebook ISOs, Snapchat eyes those, right? Get them out there, load them up in there and make sure your brand, because every time your logo is on there, you're the person they're seeing as the Ford dealer. Yeah. So even if you want to go outside of your PMA and you want to start expanding out, you position yourself as the local dealer. I like we're it. the dealer of choice. We're your authorized return center for leases. We're, your, we're this, we're your that. Now, whatever you can say compliance-wise, because some certain brands have different compliance standards, but it, as long as you stay within compliance, you have the opportunity to control the brand. So the Ford brand that you own or the franchise that you own, you can control locally 100% with social media. And so I just encourage dealers, go way beyond inventory at this point, because if you're just doing inventory ads, you are light years behind <laughs> the dealers that are starting to make moves and and gain massive market share. So if you look at the people that are on your market share list that are starting to gain 100, 200, 300 spots on there, they're the ones that are really taking social, in my opinion, serious. Um, and, and, I, and it's because they're controlling their brand. They're getting their brand in front of the customer.
0: Which, like I said, I, it stresses me out because as an industry, we do know this, right? We know the consumer buys a story, before, uh, the, the story of the product or the solution, all right, before they buy into the story of the price, right? We all know that. I mean, that's, they come into the dealership. All right? They came in because they're interested in that specific Chevy Blazer, right? Exactly. And But there's a story behind why, you know, after three months of research, they chose the Chevy Blazer. But then we seem to like want to default to the story behind payment. I mean, look, you've been in the business for a long time. And, you know, I, I find like whenever I go to a, a dinner party or something like that, someone finds out you're in the car business, right? Ooh, <laughs> let me tell you, Pete. <laughs> right? yeah. And I have yet to have anybody tell me about the $256 dollars biweekly truck they bought. <laughs> it never comes out in conversation, right? No. It never happens. So we, I mean, as industry, waste millions and millions and millions of dollars a year telling you the singular story of price when there are so many more stories to tell. And as consumers, because I think social media being the, the reason for it, is we want to consume more story and own a portion of that story
1: yeah and you mentioned before fear and a lot of stuff right I was I was getting an Uber to the airport this morning uh and on my way out there I got a, the same Uber driver I had the last time it took me to the airport and I kind of knew him from the last time and I asked about how his daughter was doing she uh recently graduated high school and is in college now and she's a pharmacy tech and uh he told me that she just bought a brand new Kia Forte and I was like oh great car Kia's nice. really doing a great job moving up up market and brand you know and so what did she drive before? Oh, she had a Ford Mustang. I said, well, what, why did she switch from a Ford Mustang to a a Forte? He goes, well, she was only commuting five miles. Now she's got to commute fifteen miles to her new job, and she it was a little wet on the road, and she started coming out of the uh, up the hill, and it was yeah. peeling out on her, and she was like freaking out that when snow season comes, she wasn't going to be there. So they looked for a front wheel drive vehicle that would be more safe for her uh, as they went in there, and they wanted to make sure that the payments weren't over a certain amount. Right? There was a yeah. there was more. There was a couple criteria on there. And so I asked him about his journey and everything else on there, but that's the reason that that she's buying, right? She's yeah. buying because she was fearful that she wouldn't be able to get to work, her new job that she was getting wasn't going to be there, and then potentially she was going to crash and she felt unsafe in that car. So we got to remember there's a lot more to what's going on than just, you know, the price of the car and that you have it in yeah. stock right now. And quite frankly, especially as... as these vehicles are getting upgraded. The tech packages are something to talk about, you know, the, oh, yeah. you know, having, having the ability to hook your phones to it, or, you know, does it have Sirius or not? You have loyalty being built with these new subscription apps.
0: People will buy a car just because Sirius is in it. Just because, but you know what though, I see the, uh, the marketing material that goes out there for them. And they just kind of talk about like, here's what it can do. And I'm like, okay, well, but we know as an industry that it's more about the benefit to the consumer than it is necessarily what it can do. I mean, we all know it can move forward and move backwards and it can go left and right, yep. you know, but, but dealers can control that narrative.
1: Yeah. Simple thing too. I mean, most people too, as they get hit with your Instagram ads, particularly they're going to click your profile and look at it, your highlights that you have on there should be every one of your models with just some quick snippets, like quick mm-hmm. fast forward of like, here's the tech, here's this. And four, five, six or five six different stories so they can learn more about it where do you see on a dealer's website where you can go inside you know like real quick on that like it's very professional on there which is great you yeah. know you get the spins you got the photos but where is the live video of the of the of the um, sales rep coming up talking to you on the dealer's VDP page yeah. right you can, you need to connect those experiences now and carry that through to your VDP put it into your stories put it out you know everywhere so that when people go in there they go beyond it and they
0: see your your staff telling stories about each vehicle. Well, and now I can understand what you mean by kind of like, you know, control the brand, you can control the customer. You know, I remember, I remember when I had to convince dealerships to have a website, Yeah. and then I had to convince them to put their inventory on their websites. And then I had to convince them that they should be running Facebook and Instagram ads, right? Um, and I, I was in this I was in this meeting with, you know, kind of an old school Chrysler guy, and he immediately just started complaining to me, he goes, all these internet leads, these internet leads, all they care about is price. All they care about is price. And I'm like, okay, well, I've done this dog and pony show a few times. Let's just pull up your marketing material real quick. Let's see what messages you're sharing with everyone. And sure enough, every single thing they had in play, from the radio to yeah. the newspaper price. to their Google ads, all what it was talking What you put out there is what you will attract,
1: right? Exactly. And it's really funny because there's different companies that run all different types of campaigns out there. And, you know, we've had dealer switch, you know, I'm sure you have too, where dealers yep. like, fire you and then come back to you and say, oh my <laughs> gosh, you know, I went over here, I thought I was going to get this and come back and vice versa, right? Yeah. And uh, we had one dealer tell us, you know, they were with a lead generation company and they tripled the leads. And we're not, we don't really focus on, like we focus full funnel when we talk about things. Yeah. Leads is part of it. And they were like, the, not, the type of people I was getting was not the type of people we're used to servicing, right? We were, mm-hmm. we, were we weren't, our, it broke our process. So again, you've got to attract the right type of people. And, and again, the last thing on controlling your brand is, if you're just posting your inventory out to all these different endemics where a lot of people spend tons of money, and it's, it's okay mm-hmm. to spend money on there if you've got extra budget. And you probably need just one or two if, if they're whoever's in your local market really showing good presence. But what kind of branding can you create on those sites? It's yeah. your vehicle and a price, a vehicle and a price. And so how do you go beyond that? You've gotta get them into your experience. And so that's why, again, if you put money into social or put money into you know, YouTube or other areas like that where you can get your brand out locally, it will pay dividends long-term for you. Just Mm -hmm. like SEO. SEO for dealers that really stuck to SEO pay massive dividends over the long time. Of course. The ones that don't believe in it and then they kind of cancel it after six months, they get residual effect later on after the the vendor's gone, they don't realize it, but it pays massive dividends. And and unfortunately, I'd say the number one mistake (laughs) I see with SEO is that dealers just change their entire website provider and they don't bring all that good content over at all. No 301 redirects, no anything, and they just lose all of it. So... Um, anyway,
0: that's a whole, it's, uh, but yeah, we do that whole podcast. I mean, but it is very much a fill the dreams of building and they will come scenario, you know, but again, it's just kind of going back to, you know, dealers just checking out the proverbial box. And I think it's just at the core of it is because we don't have those clearly defined goals and objectives for us to actually take action on what we're talking about. That's it.
1: And I'd say, you know, test, test social with a campaign that's beyond inventory, go out there and do something that can drive results and drive, you know, um, drive engagement, yeah. uh, and judge in, in 30 days. You'll know if it's working because people will come in and talk to you about it. You know, it's uh, it's hard because people don't come in with a direct mail piece and say, oh, I saw <laughs> you here. Yeah. But if you generate a campaign that's just running on social and you go out there and you start putting it out, you will see that people will come in and and, and uh, ask you about those offers, ask you about the thing. So 100%. again, the easiest way there is take a sales guy that you want to promote. it's asking for a raise, right? and there let them go. have access to Facebook for 30 days with a little bit of budget uh, behind some of their videos and watch how many more people come asking for them. Yeah, and I can almost so. guarantee that that sales rep will double their double their business in the next 30 days and then go around the dealership and do it for every one of your sales reps. And that's an easy way to double your business.
0: And your retention of those salespeople are gonna go through the roof.
1: To your example before go
0: where, you, where you had an investment of that employee, I think you're spot on with that. Well, Pete, this has been an amazing conversation. We've touched on some really great topics. For everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and maybe continue some of this conversation, what, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, you can go to Pete3.com, which is my personal website, Pete3.com,
1: or you can go to DealersUnited.com. Uh, we also have a website called BuyerBridge.io for agencies and resellers. If you're looking to you know offer omni-channel social advertising with a click of a button, we have those uh, opportunities out there. That's awesome, man.
0: Hey! Thanks so much Thank for taking so the time to having me. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun as well. I learned a lot with you. Thank you so much.